guys welcome back to another weird wednesday i'm ashers and this is pat o and also the right lord reverend dr crimsoniculus wow that's starting to get really lengthy huh one of these times it's just going to be the whole episode is going to be you introducing yourself but <laughs> 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 we've been calling you the reverend for short you guys we, we have had crimsoniculus on the show now this is your your third coming right yeah, you are and, a frequent and... flyer and just about once annually. <laughs> just about, I think you just beat out um, Tobias Whalen. Pat, is that is that correct? I think Tobias has been on. He's part of the. Um, he's almost part of the Five Timers Club. He's been on three times, but uh, across different podcasts. Yeah. He was on People That Make Stuff. He was on this, and then he was on uh, the other podcast that I did. Yeah. So last one. Crimson's got uh three in a row from this so two more and he gets the satin jacket he gets <laughs> Ooh. the five timers club jacket yeah. hand sewn by pato himself um mm. all it is is pat goes and finds a satin jacket at the thrift store and puts a on wednesdays we talk weird sticker but we're classic uh, children in well, taiwan does that also make it for us does that also come with a title <laughs> I'm, you know what in I'm your sure. case it'll have to yeah it has to yeah <laughs> It'd be a missed opportunity if we did it <laughs> right well we'll think of something um pato how was your weekend uneventful how was yours um uh, same um actually me and the reverend got together and we watched uh joe bob nice. yeah we did and, what uh, movies was it this week it was the witches uh it was uh yeah it was witches uh, themed, right oh my uh, god black I... sunday yes that's right and uh deaf by temptation. Death by temptation. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. I did. I ended up, uh, you know, of course, in Joe Bob fashion, I went to bed early. Um, <laughs> didn't finish Death by Temptation. And, and I was sad about it. So I had to wake up Saturday and, and continue because it was, that was a good movie. Wow, man, I really like that. Um, so yeah, now that uh, Joe Bob Fridays are back, we can kind of update on, on that. Um, but yeah, I didn't really do anything else. Um, actually, it was a pretty easy a pretty easy weekend i did however do something um i worked on the patreon oh we did do that didn't we we did that yes i and i did that that you guys can officially subscribe to is it going to be live it's, it's live be, right now it's not live right now but i mean it's live right now you know for it's live right now yes right, wow. exactly for time traveling sake yes so, <laughs> <laughs> it is live right at this very moment um we'll so, have been. So, it is right now so go down to the uh obviously the link in the description and go subscribe um pato and i have already um recorded quite a bit for it um you'll find our um new spin-off spin-off series weird world um which we talk about all the different places across the world mostly the united states right now um and all of their uh legends and things like that we also share little slices of life um things there are audiobook narrations starting off with the mothman prophecies done by yours truly um as well as a collection of other things um picture evidence of ufos that i've personally caught um anecdotal stories um lots of fun stuff that you guys will get that you won't normally get from my social medias or pat o's social medias or anywhere else because it has to be behind a paywall so it's uh it's worth your time to check out so yes that's that's uh down below, go subscribe. Be the first one. Uh, Jeremiah Byron says he's going to be the first one, but we'll see. There's a competition right now for who's going to be first, actually. So, Are there different tiers, or what's the structure for it? There are different tiers. Uh, there are four different tiers. I uh... Which tier gets them my uh, erotic audiobook, like, JOI stories? That is going to be... Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> just yank it. That's going to be at the uh, the fifty dollar tier right there. Oh, um, man, fifty dollars. Wave wave files you got commanding you, got you to masturbate. <laughs> you got my money. <laughs> Tug it. Tug there it, bro. <laughs> there isn't a fifty dollar tier yet, but you know maybe there should be. I don't know. You guys, let us know. What do you guys think? Um, you know, go go on there, check it out. Um, sign up, indulge, and you know it, it'll get better as time goes on. Not that it's bad right now; it's great right now, but it'll get even better. Um, but you know, we're open for well, I'm open for suggestions. Remember, this isn't just uh, on Wednesdays we talk weird Patreon. It is um, mostly a me Patreon, so anything and everything that I create right. is going to be there. I am deriving no income from this. No Illinois State Disbursement Unit. I do not garnish this any any funds for for child support reasons. I am not I am not drawing any of this. All the content that I supply is donated, and I will, you know, write it off on my taxes as such. So. A gentleman, a scholar, and a saint. <laughs> Pato is uh, working for for titty shots. So not my titties, but I just sent him random pictures of. I wouldn't know exactly. They could be anybody. Of men's titties on the internet. I I have no idea what your tits look like, so they could be pictures of anyone. You know what I mean. (laughs) But anyway, um, so yeah, so that's that's what I did this weekend. How uh, how fascinating. What 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 about you, Reverend? What'd you do this weekend? I cooked dinner for my mommy. Oh, well, it was Mother's Day. Look at you coming on here, be, showing us up with your wholesomeness. We're terrible people. We didn't even talk about <laughs> our moms. Um, right. <laughs> but that's okay. You got to gotta wait till you get on the Patreon for that. That's when we yeah. start talking about our parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and Dad, please pay us money so that you can hear about us talk about you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Um, well, that's great. I think that's that's wonderful. I did some some Mother's Day eating because I I am one, so I was celebrated. It was nice. It doesn't happen often. Um, Mother's Day, my birthday. That's about it, really. <laughs> so, and Joe that. Bob. <laughs> and well, yeah, every Friday night during Joe Bob night. Um, but yeah, so that's uh that's what I did this weekend. You guys want some news? You want to hear some news? Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, let me uh. Oh, my news up here. I got a couple of interesting things. Pato, you're going to like this one. Um, so we covered a story a couple of weeks ago that talked about a mysterious clown sighting. Mm. And apparently those are making a resurgence because there was another one in England. I think the other one, the one before was in London, I think. I don't remember, but this is a new one. Um, so some some man was uh, walking home in the middle of the night and I... Uh, white van again you know we talked about the white van situation um but a white van pulled up with a full of clowns that were playing uh creepy music like the, it wasn't like music coming from the radio like apparently they have like a loudspeaker attached to the top of the van now and uh playing creepy music and it wasn't just him that had this sighting of these clowns um uh, multiple people did now this time they didn't seem to approach anybody um they're just menacing i guess so are we going to deal with that now? Is that where we have another? No, because we're over here and that's over there. So fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Finally, some other country has to deal with this guy. Right. <laughs> Let their shithole country deal with this stuff. <laughs> I live in America, goddammit. I don't have to fucking worry about right, that. We have guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck around and find out. You know? No, that's a that's a very English thing that do i want it i feel like a good percentage of the clown sightings do happen in the uk um i mean i not i know they happen here too but um 
I feel like the last wave or the the last couple waves started in the UK or were predominant there. So that's something that those people fucking do. I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's not. I mean, you just basically described an ice cream truck to me. Yeah. You know, like it was a truck that was playing music from a speaker on the top of it. And there was clowns inside. Like, okay, with clowns, ice cream truck. You know, we should talk about ice cream trucks one day because it's a big deal. Like, it's like a gang. Like, they will kill each other over, like, turf areas. Wow. I think we should talk about that one day. Anyway, um, maybe we'll talk about that during the Patreon. That sounds like a good Patreon episode. (laughs) Fucking ice cream truck turf wars. I think that's a great... You know what? I'm putting it on the list. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so subscribe to that. (laughs) You know, if you want to hear that. Well, anyway, I don't know if the clowns are making a comeback. Um... This, you know, I mentioned before when I talked about him a couple, just a couple weeks ago, um, you know, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman did a good write up on it and how this clown phenomena seems to just kind of resurface every single year. And uh, so I, I guess it's resurfacing again. I don't know. We will anticipate. Uh, it, it seems like that's I guess that's what it's going to be now. Um, if there's a Nessie sighting one week and uh, no Nessie sighting, then you can anticipate clowns and vice versa. Um, so that's going to be what the news consists of from now on is clowns and Nessie. So uh, hopefully uh, you guys enjoy it. Um, also, in uh, weird news, as a uh, woman in Peru was um, involved in a car crash and she she died. Um, and then within 24 hours, they were having her funeral, um, except she started banging from the inside of the casket. And she oh, died. my God. This is why you wait at least 48 hours after a body is declared dead. This is why you cut the head off first. Um, Okay, yeah. (laughs) Vampires, zombies, most of them, if you chop the head off, they won't come back. Pretty, Yeah, it's it's pretty standard. Um, Yeah, she she came back to life. And, and, and of course, they rushed her to the hospital. um, And they immediately immediately threw her on life support. um, And then she she did actually die very shortly after. So, um, Because they they embalmed her, right? What's that? Did they embalm her? No, she would have been dead if they would have they, they removed all your organs and shit. Well, I mean, they said she was dead. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. See, my speaking of mothers, Mother's Day weekend, my mom has always been very adamant about being cremated for that reason. But I, I think about like an what? She doesn't want to live. Well, I mean, yeah, that's when you think about it. She's like, oh, I'm terrified of being buried alive, so I'd rather be cremated. I'm like, why? So you wake up to being burned alive? Jesus right. Christ. Like, I mean, I guess if 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 they're going to if you are if they if they mistaken, like mistakenly pronounce you dead, at least with the burial process, you have a chance to, like, come around or something. Right. And like escape from that situation. Whereas if they're just going to cremate you like. You know, you're gonna wake up in that little fucking box on fire. Well, it's got to be like the worst way to fucking. There was a um, the there was a thing where they tie your hand or your f- foot to a bell, and then the bell would actually be all the way up outside of your grave. So in the event that you yeah. were pronounced dead inappropriately, you could jiggle the bell and hopefully they'd hear you. Yeah, and hopefully it wasn't a windy day. Yeah, well, <laughs> the whole cemetery's alive. <laughs> Jingle, jingle. I uh a couple years ago I I was struck with this like very uh very bizarre uh neurological disorder called Parsonage's Turner syndrome and it was uh it I was paralyzed on the the left side of my body um very temporary it lasted like three months and that was it and uh it was a big thing trying to figure out what was going on with me I went to a bunch of different doctors they thought I was faking 
because it was my nerves were like on fire. It was like very painful. And they wouldn't give me painkillers because they thought I was faking. But eventually I, I saw a neurologist that was able to diagnose it. And he goes, well, <clears throat> you know, it's this really rare syndrome that happens. And one in, you know, uh, most people, it resolves itself within three months, but one in every hundred thousand, the paralysis spreads to the rest of your body, your organs or whatever, and you basically suffocate and you die. Wow. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, and he's like, and we'll see what happens in a couple of months, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I, and, and no shit, I had to go home and I had to tell my wife this and she's like, well, what are we going to do? Like in the one in a thousand, hundred thousand chance that it spreads to the rest of your body or, you know, we had to have like that talk. Right. And mine was like, dude, if I start going out like that, drop me off. My, my buddy Lee, Lee Jacobson, Jacobson, legal services.com. Me and him, we're going to go to Alaska. And I'm like, I, I want to die fighting a bear like Hemingway or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just let me walk off All in right. the fucking woods with a knife. And okay. that's how it's going to fucking end. And, okay. um, I stick by that. I think that's the best. I hate the idea of, of there's, especially hear stories like this, like cremation. Ah, what if you wake up and you're on fire or what if you get buried and, and you know, you die or what if you die being embalmed or, or all this stuff? Like, that's why you just, I, I don't know. I think you should go out and battle where Stephen your body King. is just like destroyed or something. Stephen King wrote a short story about that. Um, like a guy who was pronounced dead but he was in the morgue and they were getting ready to cut him open and he was alive and he couldn't react and he didn't know if he was alive or not and um it's it's an interesting it's a good one um i can't remember what it's called but again it's a short story um you know in in america we we embalm our dead always um that's standard practice now you don't have to be embalmed but i'm pretty sure unless you say that like you will be embalmed um so you know they'll they'll take everything out of you put them into bags just to put it back into you and then like pump you with preservative um you know but but this was in peru that's not the same thing um actually i feel like a lot of these stories of people coming back to life keeps happening in peru so like maybe we need to throw some money at their healthcare system or something because like <laughs> get a second. Your, your grandmother's dead can i get a second opinion right i sure. mean you know that's it seems to happen a lot you know the most bizarre story i heard and i can't remember if it was peru or brazil but it was it was a, a child that died um and so a, a death practice that they'll do is they'll keep the body at the house um in the wake for people to like come visit and then eventually they take the body and do whatever with it um so the child had died and he, the child woke up and sat up and asked for a glass of water and then laid back down and died again and then, and then so they rushed him off to the hospital and tons of people saw it because they were having to wake at the house and rushed him to the hospital he was dead um you know i don't know why this keeps happening there but uh it's a problem i think right i mean <laughs> or is this just something we're all just gonna turn the other cheek on and just be like eh. just like the clown thing just that's their problem not ours. <laughs> you don't hear about it happening in america like that but you do hear about it happening over there so i don't know um i got a filmmaker buddy that uh anthony cooney director of the leaf blower massacre look it up online it's pretty funny jesus that um, sounds great yeah it's not it that it's actually, it's actually really funny um but he's a, he's a filmmaker and his family uh his family owns cooney funeral homes and he's a, a mortician or whatever and uh he used to live above it. I, I I should ask him if he's got some stories. He might make a pretty decent guest. That'd be cool. Come on and talk about shit. Yeah, because he grew up living there. And he, the only thing I know, we didn't really talk about it too much because we're not like super close. But 
I know that like it just would suck trying to schedule him for film shoots because uh people die all the time right. <laughs> so like it's like hey we're gonna film next weekend and he'll be like all right and then i'll call you thursday night and be like yeah someone died there's that whole school bus coming right you know <laughs> sorry bro maybe next time let me know the next time you're doing something you know someone you know he can't call off of work because and be like oh someone died because like that's his job you know right I don't... <laughs> work from home that day <laughs> <laughs> so i don't anyway um very i think that would be neat yeah i mean especially just bodies do weird stuff when you die anyway we're, we're not here talking about that today I, I, i'm not gonna put a disclaimer for all that so sorry i guess okay but <laughs> anyway <laughs> um good stuff yeah people coming back to life and uh creepy clown sightings this week that 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 was my news was rock it. and roll that was it. sounds good news. Yeah. yeah so we've been talking about uh doing this episode for a while and uh as you guys can see it's about uh uh liminality or, or or liminal spaces um so you know the reverend and i actually got the chance to to go and experience this for ourselves. and um you know we went to the cincinnati mills mall in cincinnati ohio and uh which is basically you know we, i talked about on the show there's pictures on social media basically an entire abandoned mall except for what three places were open still in the mall three or four yeah um, let me see here's the bass pro shop the little kids place that we thought was a uh a, a bar firm a tiki bar for a minute yeah. um there's the the uh uh video game store yeah uh, slash arcade and uh what was at the other end oh yeah it was like a lowe's or something was on the other end yeah, and that was all for that was everybody and but there was like probably hundreds of of shops that we're just shut up, boarded up, empty. It was crazy. Completely empty. And the whole place, um, you know, is it, it's very minimal lighting. Actually, we went during the day and um, the lighting that it, it mostly seems to rely on happens to be like there's there's skylights, um, you know, and that's what it uh, like I said, that was the lighting. Actually, um, we had a missed opportunity because I see that a lot of people go at night because it is dark except for like these basic floodlights and it's still open <laughs> you can walk around it um but yeah very interesting place um elevators that not elevators the elevator worked fine um well some elevators didn't but uh escalators that didn't run um you know shut it up uh, shops the arcade i mean there's an arcade right in the middle of this of, of, of this food court which was admittedly my, my favorite place because it was dark and all the restaurants are abandoned and anyway um you know so so we went and um you know obviously then we kind of had the idea to talk about this but that was because the, it's it's because reverend crimson nicholas brought it to my attention brought the topic up to to my attention so what got you into liminal spaces well uh the thing about liminal spaces and i mean you know you kind of have to you have to know a little bit about the the word first. It comes from liminality, obviously. Um, blah blah blah. The the ambiguity or disorientation that happens in the middle of a rite of passage. Uh, so a liminal space would be um, the same thing, only uh, physically. If you're if you're moving from place to place, going to uh, the gas station on the, on your way to work, that's a liminal space. Or uh, walking down the hallway from your office to the boss's office, that's also a liminal space. It's, it's the in between places, the places that you don't want to 
be at, but you have to go through to get to it. And um, just the the concept that um, the things like places like this can be um, uh, thinner uh, than than uh, places that are. Uh, the, the places that are in between, you can just, you could get lost and find yourself in places where you don't expect to be. I mean, you, you're, there's all the, the, excuse me, you're all the time um, going from place to place, but sometimes when you're going from one place to another, you find yourself in, in a completely different place. And uh, that's, that's where uh, the, uh, the concept came from. And then that's really where my fascination in, 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 in liminal spaces lies is, is the getting lost and finding yourself in a place where you don't belong necessarily. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like when you jump in your car and you intend to go somewhere and then autopilot just automatically kicks in. And instead of going to that intended place, you end up at the grocery store or, you know, work somewhere that you're driving to. You're, you're on that route. You miss that turn and you just keep going and you go, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to be going this way. I'm supposed to go that way. Um, you know, that's kind of where th- that's kind of the, the idea is that, you know, your your liminal space is not necessarily where it's not your destination. It is the path to that destination um, in in a it kind of started more not as a physical aspect but as a psychological theory um where it is like a transitionary period into your life going from being from childhood to puberty puberty is kind of that liminal space where you're going from one stage of life to the next to childhood to adulthood um i'm experiencing liminality right now with my ego death that is also being because i'm not sure what's going to happen next and uh we all kind of feel that changing jobs is something that is extreme that you know it's, a, it's enough of a change and it has that sense of uncertainty um and wonder because you don't really know what the destination is going to be um so some people have kind of started exploring this concept in a physical way um, which is where we get these spots of limin- liminality from, um, you know, which is where we kind of get, you know, um, hallways and elevators and, <laughs> you know, things like that, because you could potentially, you know, walk down that hallway, ended up in a space where you didn't necessarily intend. Um, but what if we weren't just doing that um, in our physical bubble what if we were doing that and kind of falling into the cracks of something else and ending up in a whole other world maybe i'm jumping ahead of myself well maybe a little but that's that's always it's always fun to jump in deep that's that's <laughs> half the fun of liminal space just yeah maybe maybe you end up here maybe you end up in albuquerque and maybe you end up in the dark zone yeah <laughs> i mean it's and, you know it's, uh, it's very disorienting is is what it is and that's kind of how we had come up with not we as in me and you personally but just as as people um come up with these places being weird and being strange um you know is because they feel something feels off about them it feels weird and is that because we're hitting that no clip zone or we're just on the verge of hitting it or what is it that makes it makes us feel uneasy um this <clears throat> i'm sorry go, go ahead, ahead. No, this has a lot of shades of like chaos magic to me. Um, it, rem- you know, uh, a lot of uh, 
a lot of the tenets of chaos magic have to do with kind of deprogramming your mind to reject structure. And by rejecting structure, you open yourself up to limitless possibility, right? Yeah, kind of the, the liminality in the soul. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, um, some of the, some of the practices that people that are, uh, really really drink the kool-aid on chaos magic what they'll do is they'll um go out of their way to spend time um <clears throat> dressing as members of the opposite sex because it kind of uh kind of deprograms their gender or something like that like their that mindset or um they'll go out of their way to refute uh to not use the uh the word is right so if 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 you don't use the word is then you're not you're not kind of confining concepts and things with language you're not saying that something is something else right um and that i know that's kind of an abstract concept to wrap your head around but if you it, it, it just feels like the same thing to me it feels it feels like it rhymes it feels like a cover version of the same song you know Okay. Um, this idea treating treating space, physical space like that, and understanding uh, the the transitions and and Ashley brought up a good point when you talk about how when you do major life things like when you when you switch jobs or you uh, get out of a long term relationship or you move right these are very jarring things that kind of reshape your reality. But really, what do you do? like changing a job? Really, like that's that's how fragile what we perceive reality to be is that yeah. now if, if I live here instead of here, suddenly everything's different now. Like, is it though? Or it, maybe it is, maybe that's, that's how fragile it is. Or maybe we just, you know, well, okay. How about this? Pat, you, you've heard of the concept of a, of a midlife crisis, right? Yep. Perfect example of a, a type of liminal mindset that every person will go through in their lifetime. As you go from the, the young, uh, you know, the young and, and, and virile days of your life. And you, you finally, you wake up that morning and you realize, well, shit, it's, it's physically, it's all downhill from here. So, so what do I do? You know, and, and that, that you go fight a bear. You, you fight yes, a bear. exactly. Yeah. You go fight a bear. <laughs> See, Pat, uh, the Pat O from before would not go fight that bear. Would he now? Because he's too busy living it up and, 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 you know, making the movies and 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 uh what else is it what else is the, what else does the young pato do and same thing the old pato does just a lot faster just a lot faster <laughs> well there you go but yeah um that's a the, so uh and the 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 liminal the liminality in in someone's mind or or in their uh uh life uh, is is uh, obviously or excuse me and not obviously but uh can be from from any number of uh different types of things and it's just it's it's reinforced you can feel that space either inside of you or outside of you by getting that that uneasy sense of of what where am i what am i doing i've lost who i was and and i'm going or becoming a new thing well so Changes can happen quickly or they can happen slowly. And, you know, if there's there's changes that we can initiate in our life, like, you know, hey, I'm going to go to the gym every day and I'm going to slowly lose weight 
or uh, I'm going to start a savings account and I'm going to slowly, you know, pack away money and stuff like that. Or I could hit the lotto and I can win $200,000 just like that, right? Sure. sure. Or I can lose my job and suddenly find myself unemployed. Uh, Or I could, you know, something drastic happens and I find myself moving very quickly without warning. And those, you know, uh, life changes can happen and they don't always throw you for a loop. But if they're measured and if they're changes that you initiate and they happen gradually over time, we kind of roll with them and, and we can we can move into new areas of our lives and it's not that jarring. But yeah, when, when that stuff happens quick and hard and fast, it's like getting a, a bucket of cold water thrown at you. Especially when it's unexpected, for sure. Well, yeah. Yeah, liminality happens um, both, both physically and psychologically probably hundreds of times within your week and you just don't really notice that it happens. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, just, I mean, even for example, you know, it's, uh, it's Taco Tuesday. You know, it's Taco Tuesday, but you get to the grocery store and, and, and they don't have the taco ingredients. So now it's pizza night. You know, that that happens because you have an expected outcome and then it didn't go the way that you expected. Um, it happens physically because you are constantly, well, maybe not constantly. A lot of people work from home and stuff now. But if you leave the house at all, it happens in that space in between point A from point B. Um, it happens all the time. It becomes significant, though, when you notice. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the working from home thing because something that I've noticed as being somebody that uh, never really was affected by the pandemic uh, work-wise is that I noticed a lot of my friends that kind of shifted into that work from home mentality, they can't get out of there. They're they're used to their own little litter box and kind of living and, and, and they're not leaving home and, and all that stuff. And to try to get them to go back to that is very hard. Yeah, it's very hard for some people because, you know, they you were used to going to a workplace and now, you know, staying home. Well, okay, well, I was used to being at home, too. So that that shift didn't feel as as drastic. I'm just spending more time at home, which is what I always wanted to do anyway. So that was kind of a nice like, okay, and it's safe here and there's the air's dirty and and bad outside. So it's good that I'm staying here and people are bad and I don't like people anyway. So it's good that I'm staying here. And there's all the the Joe Tiger shows on fucking Netflix or whatever the hell that thing is called. (laughs) So like, yeah, you know, but now that like, it's like, okay, we're going to go back to that. Now you have to go outside. Now you have to leave your box and people are like, well, no, like it's not safe. Why should I have to go outside? I was doing it fine from home the whole time, you know? And it's like, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say like, we basically got wallied like over the course of the past two <laughs> years. And like, that's, it, it, that's where we're at now. And no one wants to go back to it. You know? really, well, not nobody, but a lot of people have issues with it. I think. A really, really, really good example of um, a, a liminal space physically and psychologically actually happened that day that me and the Reverend went to the mall. So actually the day that, that we went to the mall, we like a couple of yuppies, we went to three malls that day, which I had never done in my entire life. Um, but but we did. We and we did. <laughs> we did. So we went to the abandoned mall. Um, and then afterwards, um, we were like, Hey, let's go find uh, you know, let's go find some pretzels. That mall didn't have pretzels anymore. Um <laughs> so we, we went to this other mall and the big shocker was that that second mall was a lot weirder than the first one because it was also like half abandoned. There was only like 10 stores in this mall, but I, it caught us off guard. We really didn't expect that to happen. 
Yeah, I was not expecting the second place to not have pretzels as well. Yeah. Right. It was very it was very disappointing. It was a, it was a letdown. And also it was just shocking. I mean, even the outside of that mall was pretty lively. Um, so when we walked in and all these places were closed, including the pretzel store, um, then you know it was very, very weird and very, you know, like I said, disappointing, but but more disorienting than going to the first when we went to the abandoned mall we expected it to be abandoned um we expected to not find a pretzel place or anything for that matter um we did not expect the second mall to to be that way um and then we went to the third mall which was very lively very nice um we did find you know lots of open stores and spaces um but still no pretzels and they even had two pretzel stores and neither of them had pretzels it was weird yeah, that, well, th- that was because they were closing. We caught that third store a little later in the evening, so. That's true, but still very odd. But th- that was more maybe a psychological, um, you know, shift in plans, uh, you know, but still, it, it was it was a good example, I think, of, uh, you know, kind of what, what that um, looked like because, you know, like I said, again, we ex- we had expectations for the first mall. We did not have expectations going forward for that to have been the case, um, so I, I find the second mall a lot more unnerving um and it smelled very bad and the, and the abandoned mall didn't smell very bad but the second one did so i don't I that's don't true <laughs> and then and then in true in the true fashion of liminality by the time we had gotten to the third mall we, yes we were still looking for the pretzels but at that point once we found out that there were no pretzels to be had we kind of lost our way and then found ourselves inside of a a, a uh, was it a Disney a outlet Dis- mall yeah, Disney where I got store, myself yeah. a nice new, I got myself a nice new uh, Halloween jacket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a Halloween jacket. And uh, when, when, when was that? When did we go? What was that? Uh, March, I think. Is what we a couple went, of months. So. Yeah. A month or two ago. <laughs> like you know, very unexpected. Um, and, but in a good way, um, you know, so it was uh, very interesting, a, a very interesting experience. I had also, and I was kind of disappointed that I couldn't explore more, but uh, given the circumstances, um, when I was in the hospital, um, I would walk around frequently. I'm, I'm not the type of person that can just sit in bed all day. So I would get my, all my IV bags that I was hooked up to in my stand and I would go walk around the mall, the mall, the hospital. Um, now during the day, it's very, you know, this hospital is very bustling. It's a new hospital. It's not as big as other area hospitals. Um, but I went and, and I walked the hospital at night let me tell you something talk about a a crazy liminal space experience i mean i'm already out of it because i'm recovering from dying and i'm walking around this place and there's not a single fucking person in the hospital anywhere it was so weird it was like i was the last person you know and at one point i was like walking down this hallway and um you know during the day it kind the hallway itself is kind of a balcony and you could kind of like throw yourself over the rail onto the bottom floor and uh it's all filled with like these windows with like intended skylights um but in between them it's all painted white so it's still very bright but dark and I was like walking through it and I'm like I'm gonna like pass out like I just felt very faint and I don't think it was because of my physical status I think it was because of my mental status um very strange it was a, a very strange experience and and again I was I was alone so there was that um you know and and sometimes i mean it's just a kind of emotions that you can't really describe and until you've kind of been in that situation walking down a weird quiet hallway <laughs> with nobody else in sight feeling like you're the only person on the planet it's it's crazy it's a crazy experience and i, I recommend it at least once so, <laughs> you know well, 
Well, you know, and and that's it's 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 fun to get out of your comfort zone for sure, but it's uh, I think the for me what the best part is about liminality and liminal spaces is just that it's it's that that skin crawly creepy feeling like am I allowed to be here? Am yeah. I you know, if I walk, if I, if I hook a left here, am I going to find, you know, just another normal commonplace thing? Or is there going to be some crazy mask covered, uh, chainsaw wielding madman <laughs> on the other, you know, sure. or maybe there's going to be a birthday cake. Who knows what's going to be around that corner? Yeah. You know, I'm making that left turn at Albuquerque and I have no idea where I'm going to end up. Right. Yeah, right. You abandon all expectation because you can't have any because you feel so uncertain. Um, so so what happens when you I mean, what happens if you go and walk down that hallway and the expectation is that eventually you come out of the hallway and you don't come out the other side? Is there is there a way that you can manipulate the 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 energies around you to kind of get out of, of this reality and into another? Oh, well, I mean, you know, OK. Modern science says that there's no such thing as, as actual liminal spaces and that everything we're talking about is just a bunch of horse hockey. That having been said, there are legitimate liminal spaces, so far as I'm concerned, places where you can go to and you can make it from here to a different dimension or from here to uh, a different uh, um, uh, like the uh, the umbral plane, as it were, those sure. those side dimensions that that mirror our own. Um, actually, one of the the places where I I would have guaranteed I'm actually looking through uh, the Facebook photos that we have here, the uh, the little pig statue place that we found at that mall. Oh yeah, uh, and it was on March sixth. The so. flying pig shrine. Yeah, I was positive that that flying pig shrine was going to be our no-clip zone into the other world, but I just couldn't figure out where it was. But um, actually, a uh, couple of other cool places that you might end up in are, uh, let's see here, uh, if you were uh, one of the classic uh, believers of the, uh, the, uh, the old biblical sense, uh, there's the, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, purgatory. There's another perfectly uh, interesting liminal space that you might end up in. Um, where are we at? Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, so the, the, yeah, the umbral plane and, um, I've totally space cadetted on, on most <laughs> Pur- of these. Purgatory was always so interesting for me. It was, it was a, uh, a very important part of my development as a, uh, I guess I would say philosopher. It, um, I went to I went to uh, Catholic school for 12 years and somewhere like in grammar school, I was talking to my grandmother one day and she was asking me about school and what we were learning and all this stuff. And she asked me about purgatory and uh, I was I had never heard of it before. I was not familiar with the concept at all. And she said, oh, well, that's something that kind of stopped teaching in the 60s. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she goes, yeah. Purgatory is where all the souls of the unbaptized babies go to, or um, it, it's it's the place where um, people go. You're, if you're not going to go to hell, but you're not going to go to heaven, 
you kind of go there and you wait until the end of times and then Jesus passes judgment on you or something or whatever the fucking explanation is. Yeah, the medium place. Yeah, and I was like, I've never heard that before. And she's like, oh, okay. So I go into school on Monday and I raise my hand and I say, my grandma this weekend told me about purgatory and we haven't learned about that yet. Why not? And the teacher kind of echoed the like, oh, well, the Catholic Church doesn't really teach that anymore. And I'm like, well, is it a fucking plane of existence or not? Like, how do you yeah. just decide, not decide after thousands of years it was taught that there was this third plane of existence? There was heaven. There was, well, I guess not necessarily third, but, you know, heaven, hell, and then there was purgatory. The divine, like, uh, Dante Algerio wrote the fucking, wrote a book about it, right? He did Inferno, but he also did Purgatorio and Paradiso. Like, this was a concept that Christians were familiar with and that was part of their doctrine. And then we just decided, no, we're not going to teach that anymore. So did it evaporate? My, for, and then from my generation moving forward, we're not taught with that. We're not taught that concept. So conceptually it stops existing because people walk around, they don't believe in it anymore, but is it there or not? And well, that's well, when that's I realized. Fun. Well, that's, that's a- when that's when I realized everyone's making this shit up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, I was probably like in fifth grade, and I was like, "Okay, I'm just going to take all of this with a grain of salt from now on because the, none of this fucking makes sense." And um, it, you know, I I think it was a good thing that I learned that lesson very young because I didn't. A lot of people take the Bible very very literally, and then they get older and they have this huge like loss of faith where they're like, "This isn't real." It's like motherfucker, no shit. You thought this was real? Like, come on, man. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a good that's a good um, not um, Jesus. Your fucking brain farts are contagious. <laughs> now I don't know what I was gonna fucking say. This is nice. We're being bombarded with microwave fucking. We're, we're being these are microwave attacks. I'm convinced we're actually literally experiencing liminal space right now. <laughs> I'm actually causing this because I'm actually getting ready to go to my next concept, which is how to actually get through into uh, a different dimension using liminal spaces. Ooh, okay. Yes, there is a there is a uh, a particularly dangerous thing called the elevator game do not go looking this up on the internet but there is there is actually you need a a building with at least 10 floors and you must be alone and no one else is allowed to join you on the elevator throughout the process otherwise you have to start over and there are well, it looks like nine steps and you will reach the other world now as i said the uh yeah or excuse me i believe ashley was the one who pointed out elevators are a, a perfectly good uh liminal space you're actually not going to go to the elevator just to hang out at the elevator unless you're one of those weirdos but uh it's a, yeah, a lot el- of us are so well, i mean you know we yeah but um so the, the the other world is just it's another one of those those mirror earths you know you, the the umbra the dark side um the upside down copyright not being infringed upon because that could be any upside down um but yeah uh, the other world just another one of those dangerous places where you just a normal person probably doesn't want to find themselves at because it, it's like our, our like our world only everything is wrong you know the 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 one of the things that you may uh run into here uh, when you get to the fifth floor 
a, a young woman could try to get onto the elevator. You should not attempt to speak or look at her, even though she may look familiar. It's a, uh, sure, her hands are just a little bit too long. And even though she does look uh, young, there's, there are problems with her features that just, you'll, you'll be able to tell right away that she is, she is not one of you. And if you look her in the eyes, she'll be able to tell that you are not one of her. Uh, other weird concepts like that, uh, uh, the, uh, They'd be like uh, uh, creatures that uh, make it into our world would pass through liminal spaces. It's uh, alleged that uh, uh, certain types of hellhounds uh, would actually go through liminal spaces uh, through actually like the the shadows and the back rooms and such to uh, get onto our plane of existence. It's a very interesting concept. and, And as I said, be very careful. But what you would do... Okay, you find this building with at least 10 floors. You make sure that you're the only one on the elevator. Then you go to the fourth floor, but you don't get out. Then you go to the second floor, and then the sixth, and then the second, and then the tenth. But do not get out on any of those floors. And then you go to the fifth floor, and that's where you may find this young woman. And then you go back to the first floor. If, when you press the button to go to the first floor... The elevator instead goes to the 10th floor. Stay on the elevator. You are still in the game. If you go to the first floor, but the elevator goes to the first floor, then just exit because (laughs) you're going to get hunted down by creepy, nasty, terrible things. But once you reach the 10th floor, if you decide to get off at that point, you will have made it into the other world and enjoy your adventure. But good luck getting back. So have people claimed to have done this and, and maybe they're from a, a different world and they've come into our world or they've come back? I have heard uh, 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 there are stories online uh, of people who claim to have uh, completed the this alleged game, the elevator game, and uh, have found their way uh, to the, the other world. That's how we get the uh, these, infer- these little tidbits about things about the, the young woman and sure. um, there's uh, there's actually also something they say it's it's akin to a dog. However, it has too many legs and uh, three times the number of teeth it's supposed to have. Uh, and the the uh, the number of people who have uh, se- uh, se- who are said to have encountered and survived those those hellish hellish beasts is uh, uh, even smaller than you might imagine. Sure. Well, I I imagine so. You know, a prime example, when I think of like creatures like that, um, that probably more listeners of the show would be more familiar with with are the uh, not deer, um, which are pretty much uh, deer that people see that just look kind of fucking weird. (laughs) They just look, something's off about them. Now, sometimes they're really deformed and they really look terrible. Um, but but sometimes it's just something silly like maybe their eyes are too close together or their snouts are too short or you know something something that just looks strange about them um, would probably be a good example of things that might have hit that no clip zone and just kept going Mm. (laughs) it came over here Um, it could be how we get a lot of creature sightings that don't really 
makes sense. Um, you know, uh, one of the descriptions that a lot of witnesses will say about some of these um, strange creatures is that it just looked weird. It moved weird. Um, it just looked like it wasn't really here, but it was here. I saw it. Um, and, and maybe they're coming in through liminality. I mean, that's a, it's a possibility um, that you know this is all connected to that now are people really going over there and then coming back i don't i don't know i didn't go with them you know i I don't know um but i would like to talk to somebody that claims that they have that'd be cool so if you have um call us 773-59-WEIRD uh (laughs) probably the best way to get a hold of us and uh and we'll pull you on the show and and we'll hear your story um, well, now, actually, uh, there are a couple other ways to uh, access uh, the the other worlds via oh. liminal space. The the uh, best ways to do that, though, are uh, generally uh, attempting to find uh, places where the veils are, th- or excuse me, moments in time when the veils are thinnest. So, uh, uh, Beltane and um, uh, Yule is generally a pretty decent time to do it. Uh, something about the the cold and the dark, and going right at that the at the at the the exact height of night, you can find yourself uh, a full length mirror stare and and have it pointed directly at the moon. You can sideways step into said mirror and then find your way into uh, certain other planes of existence that way as well. Um, it's, uh, alleged that if you are a, uh, smart enough person, you can fall backwards through fire into another realm as well. Um, that's, yeah, and there's, and there's just about as many ways to, to access, uh, the, the other worlds as you could imagine. Um, you know, some, and some are, uh, more grotesque and some are less grotesque. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as, as, as I said, there's, uh, there's, uh, particularly interesting sometimes it's just as easy as stepping on that elevator and following the angels up to you know uh, or excuse me the uh, uh, valkyries up to valhalla and all that jazz that's the going through liminal spaces as well you know um and they say the easiest way but the most difficult to come back from is death so well (laughs) although what were you saying earlier today People in Peru, they've figured out how to come back. <laughs> right. Apparently Peru has, has mastered this. So. They have mastered the art of liminality. <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. I, I don't know. Something in Peru and their their um, liminal studies. Um, yeah. I mean, that is interesting because we do have people that, that seemingly vanish um, without any good rhyme or reason to it. Um, so so that does happen. So, so you got to wonder, are they still around but just not here? Um, you know, we kind of toyed with the idea. We did find that one working elevator at the abandoned mall that possibly we we walked into it and then we walked out in a different world. Well, I, I think that one is probably, I think we were probably safe from having uh, stepped into an other realm or possibly stepping into another realm. As I said, the, the elevator game allegedly requires at least 10 floors. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, I did come back home and I didn't see myself, I didn't find myself at my home, so... Um, at least not that's yet. That's always a pause. Unless the, my other self like left to go to the abandoned mall and maybe like it burned down while they were there or something. I don't know. You guys um, traded. You guys traded liminal spaces. That's we what did. happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty convinced. Um, but but you know I haven't found any um major differences yet. But but the uh you know I mean speaking of speaking of which and in, in the small variances of things yeah. um you know this is it kind of also 
it could be what's responsible for stuff like the Mandela effect, um, which is basically, you know, people misremembering. I'm sure people have heard of it, but if you haven't, um, scientifically, mm-hmm. people misremembering things from their childhood that, that was actually um, one way and not the other. The, the most popular probably being the, the Berenstain Bears, uh, which a lot of people claim when they were a kid was the Berenstain Bears, not the Berenstain Bears. Um, but it's always been the Berenstain Bears, allegedly. And uh, examples of this continue to happen over and over and over again, hundreds of things. And some people think that at some point in time, there was some weird shift. And, you know, those people that remember it that way um, are from a different dimension. And, you know, did they all come in through liminal spaces? Because, again, you experience liminality more times than you think hundreds of times in a week and you don't even notice it um so could it be that during one you know one of those hundreds of examples through their lifetime that they just happen to slip through and they're kind of slowly slipping through and and switching back and forth and um could be i don't know oh yeah and you know if if you if you don't believe if you don't believe us the liminal liminal spaces can uh literally just creep up on you based on time the uh, the popular show from uh, far back in the day called The Twilight Zone actually made reference to this. Uh, they say in the at the beginning of each episode, uh, in the Twilight Zone, in a liminal nether region of the night, they're literally just saying at uh, you know at twilight yeah. that that in between time when the, when the veil between the worlds is just a little bit thinner and a little bit easier to sidestep into. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and the concept has been around for a very, very, very long time. It's just for some reason now we're talking about it. What do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's popular? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, it comes and goes as as is uh, the the humorous thing about liminal spaces and liminality in general. Uh, it's 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 a thing that you you would have to, like I said, you would have to travel through to understand what it is. And we can't we can't know what it is unless we, uh, uh, you know, go through it ourselves. And as I said, we as we as we've been saying, it's 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 just constantly happening at twilight and at dawn uh, in at 12 p.m. and 12 a.m. on the solstice and on uh, the equinox New Year's Day. Uh, your birthday is technically a liminal time period and uh through liminal spaces, the elevators, the back hallways, um, your uh, gas station, the highway. The highway is a great liminal space. Yeah. You can find yourself in an entirely different country if you're on the right highway at the wrong time and in the wrong place. There yeah. you go. Yeah, pretty much. Pato, you got something to add there? Oh, man, where to begin? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I think, you know, you said, why are we talking about this now? I think, you know, one of the one of the things that the social media and the Internet has really helped us with, especially podcasts in general. I mean, look at this. We're, we're doing this podcast right now where we talk about this kind of stuff and we're shedding lights on topics that people might not have been familiar with. We're giving voices to people that wouldn't necessarily have voices before. So anything that increases communication between people, yeah, you're going to have people arguing about fucking movies and politics and stuff for the most part, sharing porn, but it will also give way for conversations like this to take place. So we're sharing info, we're sharing theories, and you know, it, you're going it, to, it doesn't come as a surprise to me that you're seeing an uptick in paranormal discussion uh, just based on social media and stuff. 
Um, <clears throat> one thing that kind of I'm getting brought back to a lot hearing uh, Red discuss all this stuff is why. So, I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that's had like a slew of paranormal experiences my whole entire life. And um, I get the heebie-jeebies a lot. And it's kind of scary. You know what I mean? When you get a sense about something or, or uh, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you think something's in the closet or whatever. And how I learned to deal with that the older I got was to just get up in the middle of the night and look in the closet and there was nothing there, right? Um, but I, I feel like <clears throat> I would often confront these feelings and the, the sense that I would have this apprehension about going somewhere or doing something or whatever. Uh, you know, growing up, I was kind of like a, a shithead kid and we used to party in the woods a lot and you'd get drunk or stoned and you'd go off on a fucking hiking expedition or, Oh, there's an old burned down house over here. We're going to go, you know how like you go to old burned down houses and you see like beer cans and like yeah. graffiti and condoms. Yeah. Those are me and my friends. So it's like, I would, I would hang out with the kids that would go do that. And sometimes I would do it. Sometimes I'd get really freaked out. And I'd be like, no, 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 I can't go in there. And I'd like turn around and leave. And the older I get, the more I feel like maybe I should have been more. I, I The times that I got scared because I felt something, I should have been smart enough to realize that the fact that I was feeling something deserved investigation. And I should have put my fear aside and walked towards that to see what was there and maybe it would have been nothing or maybe it would have been something. I don't know. And maybe um, it would have been something, but the, th and the thing is, is that that fear is actually a very, uh, it's a very healthy thing for, for humans to normally have. The th the reason why we have fear is because, well, one of our ancestors saw one of you know, somebody that could have been our ancestors do the thing. And then they did not come back. Right. Which is why if you're going to go into a liminal space or if you're going to uh, uh, go actively seek out one, you should, if you don't know exactly where you're going or what you're doing, you should have some type of uh, guide to go with you. Uh, and those, that's actually another uh, fun little uh, thing to add on, uh, or excuse me, a little uh, a bit about liminal spaces that we should, we should probably talk about in a little bit as well. But uh, I totally just stomped over you, Pat. I apologize. Oh, no, I, I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't breaking new ground. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well okay. So, uh, as I said, the thing about liminal spaces is is you're going into a place that you just you don't know about. It's it's not something that you do know, uh, but you may uh, be friendly with uh, a creature that knows something about the place. It's where you get the uh, the uh, where you should uh, get yourself a a friend. Uh, possibly a, a, a trickster or uh, uh, some other type of uh, what would you call it a uh, a shaman or in in popular uh, sure. parlance, uh, someone who knows the lay of the land, a guide as it were, to to help you through these places. And you know, if we take this back um, to uh, the the midlife crisis, yeah, the, your your shaman could be you know just a psychiatrist. But when we're talking about uh, going into those other places, uh, purgatory was a good example. You need to find someone who's been there, knows the place. Uh, uh, so, you know, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool to contact Dante and let him tell us uh, exactly what he knows about uh, Paradiso and, and, and uh, uh, in the Inferno and, and uh, purgatory as well. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, um, you know, because you definitely don't want to walk into this and then find yourself walking into another dimension and no idea how to get back. Um, <laughs> Correct. You know, that's the worst case scenario. Um, you know, if, if you want to explore it, um, you know, prepare yourself to do it. Read all that you can about it and, um, you know, find find out what, what you can about these things. And if you can, phone a friend and uh, have them bring their expertise because let me tell you liminality is a huge 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 topic uh we're really not doing it justice with with how large it is exactly um there is a lot to it um because it is a a theoretical um concept it is a physical concept um and then both ends of those spectrum have a whole slew of other things um and and then you're talking to it's just a rabbit hole (laughs) You know, um, all those places you can you can jump down from there. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, my one of my first experiences with it was in West Virginia in the TNT area in Point Pleasant. Um, actually, with our, our mutual friend Steve, we had gone down there one time and it wasn't the same as it had been. I'd been there before and it was not the same. Um the whole area was gray. It was weird. It was one of the weirdest, even to this day, I've ever experienced. Um, and Steve's just like, well, it's because it's fall and it's, you know, it's, it's cold. And I'm like, no, this is weird. And it was. It was fucking weird. Um, and it's never been like that ever since. Um, you know, and uh, so, I mean, it, you know, again, it's something that you have probably walked into before. Um, you just really probably didn't know what to call it. Or, or maybe you did. Maybe you know a little bit about liminal spacing and, um, you know, as both concepts and, you know, but uh, look into it, dig into it and try to not just run into these situations head first because you might not be able to run back. So, right. Um, there, uh, just... For those who are having uh, problems wrapping their head around uh, around the concept, um, there is actually a, a a particularly interesting play that was uh, it, actually it was later adapted into a movie called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead by Tom Stoppard. Stoppard, I I don't know the guy's name. Sorry, S T O P P A R D. It's a it's an amazing. A, a, a play or uh, the the movie if you if you can't get your hands on the play it's it's a perfect example of two guys wandering through a liminal space so um, well, I've never heard of this oh my gosh it's it's a fun one and actually I uh, I own a copy of that on uh, uh, my voodoo account Ooh. so we can make that an afternoon I can I can help out Pat O by Forcing you to watch, uh, what was the, what's the movie that you wanted to watch all the time? He knows it. Um, <laughs> men who stare at goats. That's the one. The men who stare at goats. We'll do a double feature. Men <laughs> who stare at goats, and then we will go hard left turn, uh, just as, as liminal space decrees, <laughs> into Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. In an let afternoon, when, too, so I don't Let me know when you watch that, because I'm familiar, I've, I've never seen that movie, but... Um, it came out in the late 80s or early 90s, and it was one of those independent movies that I would see listed everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very it's it's a movie of renown that I would like to check out, especially in this context. Yeah, I, I, I've never had anyone. Um, I don't think I've ever I've, I've seen it mentioned places, but I've never actually talked to anyone that's seen it. So 
Yeah, actually, I've. I, it took me a couple of, of attempts to to get through it, um, but let me see here. Nineteen ninety one. Okay. And Gary Oldman and Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Are yeah, that's two, it are too. Are two mains yeah. in that one? And holy cow, that is a fun, but because they're two characters from Macbeth. It's like a it's like a Macbeth Macbeth spinoff. Yeah, they're, yeah. The the two guys who didn't know what was going on in Macbeth. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I will definitely check that out with you guys. Let me know when you when you get her sure. corralled. And, you know, just tell her it's a Joe Bob. <laughs> just pretend <laughs> like it's a fucking Joe Bob movie on Friday. Angel. I don't get sleepy. I'll be like, oh, I'm getting tired now. <laughs> Joe Bob, it's bedtime. <laughs> like the old person that I am. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. I think um, I would definitely be interested in seeing this as a, uh, you know, actually seeing it as a concept. So. Um, I've never heard of this, but of course I haven't heard of most media, so that's no surprise. <laughs> so. Well, and and this one's this one's a little bit more off the beaten path. You definitely had to make that left turn at Albuquerque to find yourself at, at the uh, the theater or in the 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 uh, uh, the, the now failed uh, rental movie th- uh, store that that had Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Or possibly go to the alternate dimension where it was the Berenstain Bears, and then you could you could have found it on the shelves. <laughs> Berenstain, Berenstain. They, they they show it everywhere. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's it's on every major TV network. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I that that sounds uh, like I said a very interesting concept. Again, it's everywhere. Um, it's I'm surprised that more people aren't talking about it or haven't been talking about it this entire time because it is literally everywhere you you find liminality everywhere um and it's such a big part of our lives but that's also kind of the point of it is that again you just don't notice it um because we're so used to it being there until you do um and then when you do it feels weird (laughs) it feels strange um and you know that's where you know again these theories and things take place i know that there's there's a series or something taking the internet by storm known as the back rooms and that's exactly it's like it's about this am, am i right i don't know anything about it does do either of you know anything about this back rooms thing well i don't know about a show called the back rooms but yes there there was a a creepy pasta came out recent uh well recently in my uh time period probably uh early to mid 2000s at this point so not very recently at all oh. but um yeah it was a, a creepy pasta called the back rooms uh, that's where we get the the term no clip from uh it's it um uh, people were allegedly uh attempting to find in the backs of in the in the back hallways behind the uh, uh stores at the mall they'd find the no clip area and then they'd get into the back rooms where they're uh all the rooms are are dirt yellow, like or excuse me, like uh, cigarette stained yellow walls, and uh, only thirty two percent of the lights are actually on, and of those, eighty percent of those lit lights are actually flickering off and on. Um, and depending on uh, what level of the back rooms, you could find all sorts of. Uh, great and terrible things um most of which would kill you faster than uh, most of the things that can kill you in australia sure <laughs> yeah that's true pat pat you uh, when we talked about liminal spaces didn't you bring up the back rooms thing no no 
Maybe Sorry. I'm just misremembering that. That's okay. I, I, I know it's something that I, I, again, haven't totally deep dive into just because I don't, again, consume a lot of nonfiction media. Um, but I think that that has kind of propelled this popularity of liminal spaces a lot. Um, you know, I do have a couple of social media accounts that I follow now that that like to post prime examples of these places. And uh, so, I mean, they're out there, you know, if, if you're not ballsy enough to go do it yourself, um, you know. That makes sense, though. Malls, I, I think a lot of people don't, again, it's just not something you think about. They do have these back hallways um, that you, you travel through to get to your places. Um, you know, when I, uh, I, I worked at the uh, Santa Claus uh, stand for one season, and we would have to walk Santa Claus back and forth from the middle of the mall to his dressing area. And uh, we would have to take him through, like, the back tunnels. And it was always weird. <laughs> always there's nobody back there you can do anything back there you can do drugs you can have sex with all you could have a whole orgy throughout the entire hallway system and nobody would know because nobody's ever back there um you know yeah, just, just you and the pipes and the and the barely lit lights and, and the hundreds of people <laughs> that you invited um yeah i mean pretty much and uh you know so it's um again just things that you don't really think about i think i had an interview once at a department store i think it was meyer and it it blew my mind to find out that there was an upstairs like to this giant department store but but there is because you just again these are places that you don't think about um because you never go there you never see it and so you know of course us being human we're terrified of the unknown and uh, so we, we assume that the unknown carries some very terrifying things. And maybe it does. You know, maybe it does. So, Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny that you, this when you talk about facilities like that, you know, I I don't go into like super detail um, what I do, like my day job on this show. But, um, you know, I work in facilities maintenance, I guess you would say. So shopping malls, office buildings, uh, you know, I'm the guy that's on those floors in between the floors where the machines are and everything. And, um, you, you know, I've always, you develop a relationship with the building. Buildings are living, breathing entities. They need, they need air, they need water, they need electricity. They're temperamental, right? Um, buildings don't just exist and function on their own. There's a, there's systems and processes and automation systems and stuff and uh you know i guess that's something that what would seem very at home to me is being in those parts of a building the guts of it right behind the walls and that's kind of where i've literally made my living and other people view it as like just this like ghost space or something <laughs> It's like, no, it's the fucking boiler room, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> or when you talk about behind malls, I worked at a shopping mall for a long time and I had, I painted those, those hallways, you know, it's <laughs> I would sit back there all day and listen to rush and just paint from like one <laughs> wing of the hallway to the other. And, and, well, and rush. rush is a perfect example of a, yes. of a shaman that will keep you from going the wrong way through the back alleys. Okay. And into, in, into those liminal spaces, you know, at some point, <clears throat> kind of just to, to to shift my story a little bit i spent a lot of my younger years very terrified of my intuition and 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 what could be just around the corner just behind that door right but at some point when i got older i realized that there was nothing there and if there was something there i definitely wanted to see it right um the more that i kind of i understood 
the unknown better, or I, uh, I, I became uh, fluent with, with magic and the supernatural, and it didn't bother me as much. I knew how to, I felt confident enough that if I came face to face with something, I could be okay. And um, I would, I worked in a hotel uh, for a long time on midnights. And, you know, uh, during slow seasons, during the winter, we would do renovation projects. And I would walk up and down the hallway of these, these, you know, major downtown hotel, downtown Chicago with floors completely empty because we were putting in new sinks in every single room or changing the lighting or whatever. And uh, you get real eerie vibes. And I would just, I would just embrace it and just as scary as it, it was almost like it was either I would get tired and, and fall asleep in the shop or I'd walk around scared out of my mind waiting for something to jump out at me that never did, you know? Um, but I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, what if I had disappeared? What if I had slipped into some kind of portal or, or... well, perhaps you did. Maybe this is, maybe you have, uh, no clipped a couple of times, made yourself or got yourself, uh, and you're just in the third or fourth or possibly even the 17th different dimension that you wandered through. (laughs) And that's why you feel like you don't belong anywhere. Except (laughs) in those back rooms. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, once again, I think it's whatever repetition breeds reality. You know what I mean? Like your reality is whatever you're the most accustomed to, however bizarre it may be to somebody else. If it's something that you've done five days a week, 40 hours a week, you know, for the past God knows how many years, it becomes normal, you know? And the whole idea of subliminal spaces is whatever your perception of normal is challenging it. You know, now I have like a desk job. It's what I just started a couple of weeks ago where I go to an office and I sit around with office people. And and that's fucking bizarre you. to me. Yeah. Oh my god! With fucking oh dude, I, yeah the the the, uh, the cubicle zone. Oh, that is it, a dangerous place, dude. You can find unho- you can get yourself trapped in there for the rest of eternity. I've <laughs> seen it. Ooh, terrible. It is very unholy. It's it doesn't seem natural to me that people would sit in that close proximity to each other and not talk about what kind of porn they jerk off to. Like I'm used to working in like engineering shops where like we light each other's farts and we, we talk about, we, we recount every sexual yeah, experience we've ever had. Yeah, like it's sure. the skull and crossbones or some shit, you know, no, it's, we're just killing time until it's time to argue about lunch. You know what I mean? And uh, going from that, going from like being in workshops and like working with just all guys to being in, an office setting and trying to figure out what to wear and like going in there and being like, Oh, I need to get some more button down shirts. You know, it's very, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Reality is very subjective. Right. And the khakis cling for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the khakis cling. Well, Pat, was going to text me tonight at like two o'clock in the morning. He's going to be like, Holy shit. I, I was thinking about what you said earlier on the show. And I think you're right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. Um, about about what? About you uh, hitting the no clip zone a couple times and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I was reading a, a John Keel book and uh, Disney. Oh, that's a perfect guys. way to get stuck in a no clip zone. Yeah. <laughs> and no, he talks about he talks about all the driving shenanigans that people how people hypnotize themselves and disappear on the road and yep. every 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 major city has a dead man dead man's curve or or whatever. Yeah. Like these are very popular things that occur all over the place yeah and um yeah and they just kind of exist within our our society and we don't put and we, we don't, don't take the time to think about them because thinking about those weird in-between places kind of makes people 
get that that creepy, ambiguous, disorientated uh, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't like feeling that. No. No, they don't. No, no but that's, a, I mean, that is a great example of liminality. Yeah. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what it is. Again, it happens so often. It's just we're not all on the same page yet to call it that. I don't know why. Um, but, but that is a prime example of exactly the subject. Um, we just call it something else, <laughs> you know, across the board. And um, I think that's kind of silly. And so we can't even, until we're all on the same page about, you know, we kind of all agree on, on things like that. We go, Hey, this has been something that's been around forever. And uh, you know, what the hell is it? We, ca we can't really get to what the hell is it until we all agree that it exists which science does science recognizes that this isn't like a bizarre out there you know random you know maybe it does maybe it doesn't um science says that that liminality is a thing but you know science debates to what degree um and, right, and what that right. means exactly um and and what the standard is so we can't even begin to explore outside of liminal spaces until we hit that point scientifically well, but the problem is, is that the the harder you try to define lim liminal spaces, the the far the 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 more it squeeze it slides through your grasp. It's like yeah. a million grains of sand. Because our brains just can't grab; they, they've got no concept of it. Mm -hmm. um, because our brains have to write over small things like that. Um, your brain is is always erasing shit because it can't handle that capacity, and uh, and we know that the brain does that. Um, so unless there's a team of, of people out there that just become obsessed with this and decide that they're going to make it their lives work and they're going to, you know, eat, sleep and shit liminal space, we're just never really going to get a handle on it. Because let's be honest, there's way, way cooler stuff to uh, research. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But right, the stuff that comes out of liminal spaces. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, eventually we might find that we have to... Uh, get a better grasp on 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 that um before we can study the creatures because wouldn't it be cool if like you know if all these creatures they're all um visiting us that we could go then visit them instead well i guess that depends on your definition of cool for uh, <laughs> the three of us here i'm sure yes 100 percent, and at least 60 percent of your audience probably yes probably, even yeah. if they get mauled to death by a hellhound that'd, that'd be a pretty sweet story to tell when you're in purgatory but you know the the, the other 40 percent and the majority of normal people out there they probably would uh, put us away just for thinking these thoughts that's true that's good. well it comes it comes down to the ending of uh close encounters of the third kind where richard mm. dreyfus is given the opportunity to get in the ship with the aliens and go wherever they're going to take him, or he can, you know, and he's, he's a father with children. Like he's got, you know, kids and he leaves them behind. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them like, kids. Later. <laughs> hey, I mean, and that's, and that's a perfect, it's a liminal moment. He had a decision to make. Does he go off and, you know, does he take that left turn at Albuquerque and go off into the stars or does he make that right turn and go back to those, you know, those kids in that house? And well, we've all seen the movie. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Yep. Right. Fuck them kids. <laughs> well, in, in communion, Whitley Strieber talks about the same thing where he felt like there was a point where he was offered a chance to do that and leave and he felt not come back. Like, you know, they, they didn't specifically state that to him, but 
uh, he felt it was very clearly being made known to him that like, if you come with us, you're not going to ever come back. One way trip. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he passed on it and it's something that he's grown to regret. And I mean, once again, it's, I, I've said it, you know, during the show that like, yeah, you know, if, when you're faced with this stuff, you, your instinct is to run yeah, or, or to, or to distance yourself from it. Yeah. And unless you're one of those weird people. Well, I don't, I think you gotta, it, that takes some training that takes some practice. No one's out of the box that suicidal or, or, you know what I mean? Um, or maybe that suicidal is the right word, but well, I don't know. Uh, Woodrow Danberg. Adventurous, adventurous. You know, Hey man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I consider myself to be a little adventurous, but there, <laughs> you know, I still, uh, if I think there's a, a monster in that cave, I'm not going in that fucking cave, man. Yeah, like, but if you see the devil at the crossroads, are you going to walk down to the to talk to him? See, that's something that I think uh, when I was younger, I'd say absolutely not. And now that I'm older, I'm like, ah, oh, let's see what he's got to say. <laughs> it can't be worse than this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hear him out. You know what I mean? It's like something could be gleaned from this conversation. We've talked <laughs> about this concept a lot on the show um, because I brought it up because of my research with a, 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 you know injured cold and whether or not if, if that opportunity arose if i would take it because you don't really think about it until you have to think about it and then when you do have to think about it um it becomes a lot more difficult because you're first as a weird person your first thing is to go yes i'll jump on that spaceship and go to that fucking other planet hell yeah um but but really would i do it um i would be fucking terrified <laughs> And I can't tell you if I would do it or not because I haven't been invited. So um, I guess I'm not cool enough for Lanulus. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I don't well, know if I could or would. Actually, you do know if you could because you paid your $35. And well, when that's... July 5th, 1998 comes, the saucer's <laughs> here, baby. You got your sex goddess. You got your spaceship. You're getting the hell off of here. You're taking your liminal space out into the stars. That's true. That's, I did pay my $35. Would it be some shit if July 5th, 1998 came and I was like, you know, I changed my mind. I guess they, they okay. don't refunds. Right. You know, if, you, if you want to stay here, well, here's the keys to the killdozer. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're going to give up your pleasure. Could I yeah, donate you thought my... I was gonna, you thought I was going to go a whole episode without mentioning my <laughs> church, didn't you? Didn't you? Made yeah. it almost... Almost an hour and a half. You got to work on your recruits. You got to push <laughs> yeah, those numbers. Up. You got rookie numbers. Right. You got to. I know. I just had to sneak it in there at the <laughs> at the end. You know, we had to we had to go through the liminal space before we could find our way back <laughs> to the, to the church of the subgenius. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, that's you know what I'm gonna let you have that one because that was uh, very very well very perfectly timed. So thank you. I will give you that. Pat O, you got you got anything? Did you give your thirty five dollars yet? No. No, Ooh, I am not. sorry about that. I forgot to mention um, the the cost of salvation has gone up. Um, actually, uh, in April we uh, just went up fifty dollars. Now, oh uh, my god! Sorry, if so you I want to salvation, you got you got you were the last one to get in on the deal there. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in now, it's fifty dollars or triple and your money back. What's the website we go to for this? www.subgenius.com there's no O in subgenius, but there is one in com. There's, okay. <laughs> I'll link it at the bottom and you guys can can join. It is 100% without a doubt not a cult. Um, and it is, it is um, 
work. Also, one hundred percent, definitely a cult. <laughs> yeah. As and we said, as we said in that other episode, it's definitely, definitely. Um, well, I, I'm pretty sure when something is a cult, you, you have to say that it's not. I don't know. It's something about legalities. I don't know. Um, but uh, it was definitely worth every penny of my thirty five dollars. So I I, 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 and I would have gladly done it over again and spent fifty. Um, so there's that. Well, I'm sure Bob wouldn't stop you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we can sur- we'll, we'll surf the luck plane all the way to Planet X. Don't even worry about it. So wait. So hold on. So is this the first time that there's been a? How much was it initially to join when when it started? Oh well, okay. Uh, uh, at the very beginning, you could get a pamphlet teaching you about the church uh, for for the low low price of one dollar. Now those pri- those pamphlets haven't changed price in the last dear God fifty years. Okay. Something like that. Okay, but um, yes, Eternal Salvation was originally uh, twenty dollars, I believe, uh, okay. back before uh, any of the three of us were born. Um, unfortunately, we did not get in on that good deal. Sure. Uh, however, yeah, uh, then it went up to thirty, then thirty-five, and now, unfortunately, because you uh, you waited until the the year of the conspiracy, twenty twenty-two. Uh, two years after the uh, the time travel year 2020 that you're not allowed to go to, uh, yeah, you have to pay fifty dollars now to to get into the church. What yeah. is what is the correlation between the Church of the Subgenius and Jack Check? Oh, uh, he was a a good buddy, uh, and he got drugs for us every once in a while. Get the fuck out of here! That's awesome. I mean, sure. That's I mean, awesome. you you just need to you, uh, Pat. Honestly. You you need to pay your you need to pay your money and you need to come up and meet some of these these old fucks before they before they find their own liminal spaces and get onto their pleasure saucers. I am a, I'm a big they fan. have some hilarious stories and and to all of you out in the audience, if you if you have any kind of thoughts as to whether or not you're going to enjoy this, you're going to have fun. Don't worry about it. Spend your fifty dollars. Don't be a pink boy. Get yourself a saucer. Enjoy, enjoy the insanity with us, please. I'm on the website right now, trying to figure out where I go to do this, and I can't. Oh, uh, I it's, it's the... up at the top, and uh, it says, uh, "Become a reverend," or excuse me, "become a yeah, become a minister." I think. Okay. Give me right one here. second. I'm gonna go to the site too. Oh yeah, I'm right here. Okay. Yeah, Jack Chick. For those that aren't familiar, does you might have come across some of his uh his comics like in the wild he does like those little pamphlets that are very uh i don't know how you i don't they're basically like um you know we're, you're gonna go to hell if 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 you play dungeons and dragons or uh if you watch the family guy they're very uh fire and brimstone about um modern society turning away from jesus and not taking the bible literally right and, and uh there's 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 some good twitter accounts that post his stuff but um yeah i guess i, I don't know if he was a, a member or he, his, when he was roommates with somebody uh he, he was he was definitely roommates with somebody and i don't know <laughs> if he ever paid i don't know if he ever actually paid his dues or not uh like i said you'll have to you'll have to speak to the old timers but i am positive that he did at least one of those little uh kind of fire and brimstone kind of comics uh, about the church as well Whoa. it's uh, it's even harder to find that one than it is to find his normal stuff but yeah uh you can totally you can totally find that as well jack chick original Church of the Subgenius comic. 
That's awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. I See, I had no idea that my own cult had so much cult, culture um, behind it. <laughs> well, I just joined, so there you go. Oh, oh well, hell yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Welcome to the club. You we will have- get you will get your pamphlet and everything else in the mail. Uh, don't forget to sign your your uh, your 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 very own Church of the Subgenius card. Now that you are an ordained minister, that means you have to start your own church or not. Because I mean, you know, don't let us tell you what to do. We've already got your money. Um, but yeah, so let's see here. What do you get? You get pamphlets number one and two, both of those one dollar pamphlets I was talking about. You get your own personal eight by eleven. Suitable for framing Dobbs Head, the official Dobbs Head church logo metal pin. That thing is hot. Uh, Dobbs Head sticker slash bumper sticker. Uh, this The pledge, the divine excuse, which is probably my favorite part. The doctorate of the forbidden sciences. Propaganda flyers to copy stickers, uh, both wallet sized and uh, oversized. Uh, you get your very own subgenius minister's card which I was talking to Pat about just a second ago. Uh, official ordainment papers, further instructions, the stark fist of removal, which I have not even had a chance to get into. And uh, it, it also comes with uh, the ability to get into the secret Scrub Genius Forums and the Dobbs Town Mirror News, which are other cool things that you can join. <clears throat> and don't but forget yeah. eternal salvation. Oh, right. <laughs> Excuse me. And eternal salvation or triple your money back. Yep. So, there's that. Okay. Well, um, with that, with that plug out of the way, um, I'm going to do another one. Go subscribe to the Patreon, you guys, um, right here. Switch over here. Okay. Oh, Patreon.com. Yeah. Where, where, where do we go? Patreon.com. Well, it's not, it's, it's not, um, it's, we haven't, it's not Wednesday yet, but <laughs> it's, but it is Wednesday, the listeners, <laughs> but, um, so I, I don't know the link. Oh my gosh. But it will be in the description. Um, because again, I don't know it yet. Um, but anyway, you mean I have to wait until now to get it? <laughs> Dang. Yep. Why can't I get it now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You have to wait it, until it right now. Yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if you haven't spent enough money on your eternal salvation, uh, once you're done with that, go spend money on the Patreon. It's uh, lots of fun, lots of exclusive content. Um, and then, of course, you get to support me and, and my endeavors. And Uh-oh. it makes me feel good that, Hello? that you I'm right here. me. Uh-oh. I hear you, Pat. You don't hear Ashley? me? Ashley? You don't hear me? I'm here. Azure. Oh, gosh. She got taken off the board. Oh, she fell into the no-clip zone. Right. I well, Pat, I guess that means it's up to you. Go ahead and try to finish it off. Uh, uh, oh, she's oh, off one. She is gone now. Yeah, dude. Well, she, we, it, it's down to us. We're going to have to go, finish this come, off. She'll oh. come back in and, uh, with the big finisher. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know about that. Well, and and she was so close to being able to finish it off the, with that with that Patreon thing. Man, I'm really excited to to join. What kind of stuff? What kind of stuff are we getting in this Patreon? There is. Uh, so she brought up the. Um, I don't know what the fuck she's calling it. 
the weird world. I think weird world. Basically, what we're doing is every month we're covering a different state, and we're going in alphabetical order. So this month we did Alabama because that's the nice. first one, you know. And uh, what did we talk about? We talked about some Bigfoot, some UFOs, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump's from yeah, Alabama. Yeah, lots of Forrest Gump. Oh, there she is! Oh, <laughs> came back. Yeah, we thought we'd lost you. I, you know, it, I, we were gonna have to those, finish each other off. Those damn uh, <laughs> get sweaty in here. Spaces. Oh, I don't, yeah. don't don't act like you're complaining about it. I, <laughs> well, now you can finish this off for us. So. I don't even know what I was saying. Um, you're, you're talking about the Patreon. Patreon, subscribe to the Patreon. It's uh, lots of fun, lots of exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else besides behind a paywall, and it's worth every penny. Mm. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's worth every penny. So uh, there's that, and uh, I think that's all. That's gonna be all. Um, Pato, anything from you? I got nothing. All right. Well, we'll see you guys back here next Wednesday.